that I've seen, I've felt, um, wasn't quite sure how to deal with uh, originally. And it is something that's evolved. It's something as I've gained more knowledge about you know, what's going on in this country in the past, what's going on currently. Uh, these aren't new situations. This isn't new ground. It's things that have gone on in this country for years and years and have never been addressed, and they need to be. Will you continue, will you continue Yes, I'll continue to sit. I'm going to continue to stand with the people that are being oppressed. Uh, to me, this is something that has to change. And when there's significant change, and I feel like that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, this country is representing people the way that it's supposed to, I'll stand. There's a lot of things that need to change. Uh, one, one specifically is police brutality. There's people being murdered unjustly and not being held accountable. Cops are getting paid leave for killing people. That's not right. That's not right by anyone's standards. I gotta carry them. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'ma go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, or I'ma get the pad. Yeah, yeah, I'm so cold like, yeah. Yeah, I'm so dull like, yeah. We gon' blow like, yeah. Look how I'm kicking up. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on get it. Watch me move. This is silly. There's a lot of things that need to change. Uh, one specifically is police brutality. There's people being murdered unjustly and not being held accountable. Cops are getting paid leave for killing people. That's not right. That's not right by anyone's standards. All sports, all the time. and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Patrick freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. Tease is back, and our lady Gat obviously is in the back doing her wonders, doing her magic, and our guy Clay Windler obviously will be doing our editing side of things, and we always appreciate everything he does as well. We also appreciate everything you guys do and everything that you guys contribute to this show each and every week on the group, on Twitter, on Instagram, and here. We really do appreciate each and every one of you, and we thank you guys so much for everything that you guys have done for us, and we hope that you enjoy your time with us as we continue to talk sports and we continue to break down the things that we're thinking on a week-to-week basis. 
66 episodes, man. It's been incredible. We love it. We enjoy it. And I'm glad that you guys enjoy it as well, or at least give us the time of day to uh, let us speak our minds. And, and speaking of speaking our minds, I uh, posted a video this week. Actually, it was a couple days ago. And I let you guys know that there's something that's been weighing heavy on my heart. And um, it's something I definitely want to touch on to open up the show. And there's no other way of starting it by other than just starting it. As we move on further and further from the last dance, we have learned more and more about the things that MJ wasn't exactly honest about. From the flu slash food poisoning game, to denying that he had involvement in Isaiah Thomas not taking part in the 1992 Dream Team. Even about petty things like the whole LeBradford-Smith rivalry. MJ wasn't honest about a lot of things, and I wouldn't be shocked in the slightest if by the time we close up shop tonight, there's some things that develop from this habitual fibbing of Michael Jordan. However, what MJ didn't tell the truth about is not what I plan on discussing right here and right now. Instead, I want to begin with something that I believe MJ told the truth and continues to tell the truth about, and that's how he's always viewed himself. As we touched on in previous episodes from the beginning, MJ made it known in his own way or ways that he was not and never saw himself as an activist, but rather just a basketball player. And I made it a point to defend MJ in this, not just because of him being consistent with his approach in this regard, but because of the fact that he has every right to live his way, live his life this way. But with your MJ types that choose to stay silent in times like this, where many look to their favorite athletes to speak up on their behalf, you have your athletes that choose to speak loud and clear, even if it costs them everything. The word activist is defined as a person who campaigns to bring about political or social change. The word activism is defined as the policy or action of using vigorous campaigning to bring about political or social change. Change. That's the key word. That is what's requested and that is what's desired. We have many athlete activists throughout the centuries. The first known act of act athlete activism was dated all the way back to January 13th of 532 AD in Constantinople when rival chariot drivers asked Emperor Justinian to pardon two of their followers who had been condemned to die. And his refusal led to the Nika Revolt, six weeks of rioting that resulted in the deaths of over 30,000 people. To August of 1883, Cap Anson, then owner of the Chicago White Sox, took his team to Toledo, Ohio to play in an exhibition game against the Blue Stockings, who had a black player by the name of Moses Fleetwood Walker. Anson demanded that the Blue Stockings to bench Walker while they played their exhibition game. But Walker's manager, Charlie Morton, essentially told Anson to go fuck himself and put Walker in the starting lineup, even though Walker was injured and wasn't going to play anyway. To the summer of 1947, when the color barrier in the majors was broken by a black badass by the name of Jackie Robinson. From Bill Russell in 1961 speaking out publicly against black discrimination after he and fellow black teammates were refused service in Lexington, Kentucky. To June 4th, 1967, when Lou Alcindor, better known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell and Jim Brown stood in support of Muhammad Ali as a conscientious 
objector opposed to the Vietnam War to one of the more polarizing moments in America, maybe human history. And that's October 16, 1968 in Mexico City, when American track stars Tommy Smith and John Carlos took both gold and silver in the 200-meter run. And as they both took the podium, they both wore black gloves and socks, stood with their heads lowered and their fists raised to stand in protest to racial discrimination. All the way to August 26, 2016, when the San Francisco quarterback by the name of Colin Kaepernick decided to remain seated during the national anthem. As you can see, human beings have bore witness to many athlete activists throughout human history. Each expressed their passionate frustration and disgust with systemic racism and inequality in their own way. But one message remained true and consistent. They were not going to stand for it any longer. Even Michael Jordan, a man who again chose against the activism path, stood up after Trayvon Martin was murdered by George Zimmerman and said, quote, unquote, as a proud American, a father who lost his own dad in a senseless act of violence, and a black man, I have been deeply troubled by the deaths of African Americans at the hands of law enforcement and angered by the cowardly and hateful targeting and killing of police officers. I grieve with the families who have lost loved ones as I know their pain all too well. I was raised by parents who taught me to love and respect people regardless of their race and background. So am I saddened and frustrated by the divisive rhetoric and racial tension that seem to be getting worse as of late. I know this country is better than that, and I can no longer stay silent. We need to find solutions that ensure people of color receive fair and equal treatment. Think about that. Think about those words and who and where they came from. Even he, the silent one, could no longer hold his tongue. The question then becomes, why should anyone stay silent? Why should we, fans of these very athletes, not stand right alongside them in opposition of what is unacceptable? Why can't I, why shouldn't I, a sports fan, and more importantly, a privileged white American male not use my platform as much as I possibly can to express my growing frustration and fury towards these wrongful deaths. That's what I'm here doing today. I have never been one to hold back from expressing my heart and my mind. I think all of you know this. I dedicate the majority of my time developing and relating my thoughts and opinions on all things sports because I know that's why we're all here together. But there are things and times and instances in which I know in myself that I must step out and say what most of us think and know but won't throw ourselves out in front of it. And tonight, I am here to tell you that me, a white man, is so sick and fucking tired of seeing black people being murdered in our streets by the police. I've spent the better part of this week attempting to gather and keep my emotions in check long enough to write out what my broken heart feels after having to watch a video of a cop slowly suffocating a black man to death over a bounced check. George Floyd was a handcuffed and detained by several police officers and died laying shirtless and face down in the middle of the street. 
I know many will watch this and try to find something, anything to justify this senseless and evil act. But I assure you, you'll come back as empty-handed as you left searching. George Floyd is heard begging for his mother. A grown man. Look, my intentions are not to motivate you to react in tragedies, to tragedies like this in a violent way. But my intentions are to motivate those that have a voice to use it. And you have a breath. If you have a breath, if you have a life, if you have a phone, if you have social media, if you have vocal cords or a way to communicate to others, you have a voice. Your voice is enough to make a difference. Your voice is enough to raise awareness. Your voice is enough. The saying that athletes are role models is both right and wrong. It's wrong if you deem an athlete as an ultimate role model in someone's life. That's the responsibility of a parent or a guardian over a young person. But it's 100% right in the fact that an athlete can help change the way a person or people think. I will admit... When I first saw Kaepernick sit down and ultimately kneel, I didn't understand it. I think back to the days of when I had just gotten my first car. I remember one night I had a good high school buddy with me and we were flying down Leavenworth Road in KCK. I obviously was driving and I remember as we were passing by Wyandotte County Lake, we were coming up to a stop sign. Thinking I was hot shit, I, I kept driving and blew past that stop sign. But no more than 10 seconds later... Blue and red lights were behind us. I broke the law and therefore I should pay. Cop comes to my window, doesn't say much because we all we both know why I was getting pulled over. But he looks beyond me and sees my friend. And that's all that cop saw from that moment on. You see, I left out the minor detail that the friend that was with me happened to be black. I remember the tension in that moment as the cop began peppering my black friend with questions with the echoing thought in my head saying... I'm the one that broke the law. Why is he talking to him? And as much fear and as, as I felt in that moment, I can never imagine the fear that my friend who happened to be black felt and had felt in times similar before and after that night. You see, I don't, I don't have to fear going into a store late at night being accused of stealing anything. Not having to fear the threat of being shot for reaching my, for my wallet during a traffic, traffic stop. I don't have to fear having the, my neck slowly crushed by a piece of shit with a badge because I'm white. This is why Colin Kaepernick knelt. It's insane to think that it's more acceptable to kneel on a black man's neck than it is to kneel during an anthem. That murder will be justified long before... A stand for justice and a fight for injustice, a fight against injustice, ever will be. When it comes to those that view this as being black people versus white people, something I hope everyone that is listening to my voice knows is this. It's not black versus white. It's black versus racism. This is a, a systemic failure. This has been embedded into the deepest traditions of American society. I don't know if racism will ever be defeated. In fact, it probably won't be. 
at least not in our lifetime. So my hope is that I do as much as I can to ensure that even in my eyes, may, even though my eyes may not witness that day, someone after me will. My hope is to show love equally, and that although I do see color, I embrace and admire the differences between me and another human being. That's how we need to see one another. When you see or hear about tragedies like men dying like George Floyd, look at it as losing one of your own. Because George Floyd was one of us, a human. I want to thank every athlete activist before us, amongst us and after us, that has, is, and will protest against the injustice and discrimination of a people that deserve none of it. I hope my words tonight ring loud in the hearts and minds of those that are willing to see the world for what it truly is and how we can be a direct and how we can direct a future generation into a world where people like George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Sandra Bland, Sean Reed, Tamir Rice, Eric Garner, Oscar Grant, Michael Brown, Walter Scott, Freddie Gray, Dante Parker, and Trayvon Martin can live their lives without the fear of losing their lives because of the color of their skin. It takes us. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk some sports. We'll be back after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, Eddie Ortiz, back at it with us, and our lady, Gat, who's with us, always helping us out in the background, the Wizard of Oz, if you will. How are we doing tonight, Gat? Wonderful, as always. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. So, we're going to talk a little NBA, guys, because... Of all the major sports right now, anything positive that's really been coming out of the sports that have been held up from playing any of their games has actually been the NBA. We all know the MLB is having an embarrassing display of back and forth with the players and their their commissioner and, yeah. and all the owners. It's that's a, a mess that we can absolutely mess. talk about. We're going to save that for another time because I do want to talk about something that's a little bit more on the positive side. Um, the, there's been no mystery. Over the last couple of weeks, we've been hearing about the NBA wanting to meet up and the owners are trying to agree upon a, a restart, if you will, to get the season back in motion and to get the playoffs going as well. Um Adrian Wojnarowski, the most connected man in the entire the NBA side of things, uh, tweeted out a few hours ago that the NBA is planning a Thursday vote of the Board of Governors with an exception that owners will approve Adam Silver's recommendation on a format to restart the season on Orlando, sources tell ESPN. Then Adrian uh, Wojnarowski uh, quote tweeted his own tweet like t- 
10 minutes afterwards. It says, owners are largely planning to pledge support for Silver's final recommendation on a plan, which expects to include invitations for 20 to 22 teams to resume the season. The sources tell Ramona Shelbourne, Zach Lowe, and Woj as well. So, this is obviously great news. I, I don't know how much closer we are to the season restarting. I just I like the fact that there is a certain level of dialogue uh, between owners, players, commissioner, things of this nature, and that they're starting to support positive dialogue. The, the idea, yeah. Now, with that said, there is some pushback with these ideas. Mm. The pushback is from one particular player who's been the most vocal, uh, the Blake Snell of the NBA side, if you will, um, Damian Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers absolute elite basketball player, uh, came out and talked about his frustrations with the idea of restarting the season, and it's only about one thing. Damian Lillard was quoted, and you guys can check his quotes out all over his Twitter feed, all over, go to any ESPN.com, FS1, wherever you want to go. And it talks about how Damian is expressing his frustration, the idea of coming back to play the 19-20 games left on their schedule if there's no incentive to play in the playoffs. Now, I understand that in this scenario, there is no pleasing everyone. This is a business, and with business comes frustration in every regard. I want to be more on Damian's side in this regard because of the fact that I understand where he's coming from as a competitor. There's no reason in the world to him to go out and compete if there's nothing that you're competing for other than just making your money and pleasing the owners and getting their games in so their TV contracts justify the amount spent. I, I don't know how you guys feel about this. I do want to start with you, Trevor, real yeah. quick. I mean, what is your thoughts, first of all, on the uh, the entire update from the NBA and from Woj, and what are your thoughts on Damian Lillard's uh, the thoughts on this? I can see both sides of it because I've heard the criticisms of um, – well, let me just start with my perspective. I, all I can do is, is put my try to my best to put myself in Damian Lillard's shoes, one of the best players in the league right now. Um, for the past few years, been one of the best players in the league. Um I personally, if I was Dame, I would feel the exact same way. I wouldn't want to go out there and risk my body, perhaps have a there's a chance of a career ending or career altering injury, and not even have a chance to uh, even compete for a championship. Because we all know this at Dame at this, at this point of Dame's career, that's all he wants. He's been he's he's vowed to be to stay in Portland and try to compete for a championship. And I have all the respect in the world for that. And I heard the criticisms about, well, what has Dame proved? Who is he to have a to be on a high horse to say that this, this him playing and not even having a chance to make the playoffs is a uh, 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 what has he proven to have that say so or to even you know come out and say that? Well, that's kind of counterintuitive though because what would he have? What, what chance would he have to even prove this season if he came back and played? So really, it's a lose lose for him because if he, if he says that what he said. He has no that he has no nothing on his resume to prove that he's he's been a, a you know a champion or anything like that to have that say so. But ha, but him continuing to play this season without even having a chance to win a championship, he ha, he has no chance of proving that also. So it, it's for me for him for him from his perspective, it does look like a lose lose, and I don't blame him for having that opinion and not wanting to go out there and play for nothing. I mean, I know he's playing, he's getting paid. Let's not act like these guys aren't going to get paid. These guys are paying, getting paid millions of dollars per game per week. However, uh, depending on the player, but like I said, for me, I'm pretty much 100% with Dame as far as his position goes, where he's at. I know he's had all season to be a playoff team, but let's be real. No one expected this. Everything has been such a disaster with the sports in general, with this pandemic that's gone on. 
Um, so I don't blame him for not wanting to come back and, and, and risk his body, risk his future of the game that he loves. He's a man first. He's a person first. He has family first. But, you know, the, us fans, he doesn't owe us anything as fans to, to, to have him go out there and display his talents with, with, no, with no incentive for him, period. That's not I, – I personally, as a fan, I love the game, but I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm with him if he feels obligated to sit out or, or to have his, his own position as a grown man to choose not to risk that when there's no incentive. So I'm with him 100%, honestly. Now, Eddie, you, you, you and I talked before the show, yeah. and I think you have a little bit of a different view on this than Trevor and I do, so I, go ahead. And, I, this is kind of like with this like, – because I'm a soccer guy, mm-hmm. and, and with soccer you have obviously many different leagues that you can look at, and they're all either canceling or returning back. Like uh, the top five leagues in the world are returning to play soccer, and this includes every single team. Yeah. Like, what, like, like, David was talking about, uh, what, what incentive does he have? Like, what, like, if he's not guaranteed a playoff spot, like, yeah, you're not guaranteed a playoff spot in the first game of the season, and you, you can still have a career ending injury. So, why does it change from then to now? Like, why does your point of view change from then to now? Okay, let's say you're two games behind, three games behind. I don't know how many games, uh, how many, how many games behind they are, right? Let's say they're two, three games behind. Wouldn't you want to play with your team to see if you're able to make the playoffs? I just think that he he's looking at he's looking at the, the deck stacked so high against him with the low amount of games because we don't really know how many amount of games are going to give them to play. So that's kind of the 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 pressure that he's feeling because it, it definitely no, seems like a lose lose no, for him I, and his I, team. I, I, I get everybody's trying to say, well, like he's not trying to risk injury, but you risk injury every game you play. It doesn't matter. Well, it's not even just injury. It's it's no, I, I, yeah. I get it, but it doesn't matter what time of the like the year is it like. Yes, we understand that the, this pandemic has caused like so many yeah. sh- uh, shit shows around the world. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was like from day one to like the day you retire, you're risking your body each and every single game you, you play. So yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, like okay, the NBA wants to come back and play ten games. You're two games behind. Wouldn't you want to play those ten games to see if you can get and make the playoffs? Yeah. You you make you make a very good valid point about the fact that it, it, there's really no difference, but. To to the point though, there is a difference in how this is going to have to restart because of the fact that they're not going to just be able to come back and act like nothing happened. The new proposal is going to be like they, like Woj said, it's going to probably be twenty to twenty two teams. So more than likely, the Blazers would make it into that twenty to twenty two team category because right. as it currently stands, they're three and a half games out of the eighth spot mm-hmm. for the Western Conference playoffs. So, and they had 16 games left on their schedule. So, more than likely, the Blazers were going to at least get right to the eighth spot or be, you know, close to it towards the end. Mm-hmm. I think. In, I think from Damian Lillard's perspective, he's coming from it just strictly as a competitor. Right. He wants to know that when they come back, there are certainties and assurances for the players that say, "Hey, look, we're not just coming back just to play." Sure, I don't think there's any question that Damian Lillard wants to be with his team and wants to play. I think it's that he wants to know that he and his team are going to go out there and bust their ass. 
like they always do, knowing there is that incentive. And I do believe the NBA is going to do all they can because at the same time, you also, as Adam Silver, the commissioner, needs to pander a little bit to his owners because that's I think that's the only reason why we're doing a six or a twenty to twenty two team thing because you don't have to do that. Right. You could technically say we're taking the sixteen best teams, we're going to play the playoffs, we're going to have a few play in games just to get them warmed up. I think what they're going to do with this, if you ask my personal opinion, I think they're going to have those six to eight other teams included into this little play in pool where they almost have it like a play in like whoever has the best record after like ten games between you guys makes the playoffs. Yeah. It's like a loser's like if, a loser. I think, I think Damien would be. I don't want to speak for him, but I think he'd be in for that. Because yeah, there's incentive to play. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, well, like you're saying, like, he, he's, he wants to pretty much guarantee a spot in the play. Like, he wants a guaranteed spot in the playoffs. Or at least a, he didn't, a, he didn't a necessarily chance. say that. He a didn't chance. say he wants a guarantee. He said yeah. he wants, he doesn't want to come back and play for nothing. Right. He wants to play knowing that they have a shot at the playoffs. He knows they're three and a half back. I don't think anybody knows that more than he does. Okay. It's yeah. that he wants to play knowing that that is still in play. Like, we could still well, come back and get in the playoffs, yeah. is what he's saying. Uh, and Which I'm 100 percent with, and I don't think the NBA has come out and said we're not gonna we're not gonna do that with the uh, with the new. The yeah, I think they're saying quite the contrary. I, yeah, but this was Damian made these comments. Yeah. Early this week. Found out a lot of news today. I think he said it on Memorial Day, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. this was before the news came out today. That came out four and a half hours ago when Woj posted that. Right. I think the NBA is fully aware that because Damian Lillard isn't just a player. This motherfucker is a su- like a borderline superstar player in the NBA. Yeah. So they know that his opinion is not only massive as far as cachet, it's shared across the league. He's well-connected with LeBron James mm-hmm. and the other big-time stars. So these, these guys talk about this stuff. Yeah. So he's not alone in this, and the NBA knows that. If they're smart, if they're worth their weight, they know that these guys are not going to stand for that. And if you've ever... The NBA players have prote- protested many times throughout the years. If they knew they ha- they were being told to come back and play and not have a shot at the playoffs or a chance to play in the playoffs, they're not playing. They would stand against it. Because they have all the leverage, they are the athlete. These NBA, these owners would be pissed at Adam Silver if they came out with a proposal that basically fucks them from even having their TV contracts come through with games being played. So they have to incentivize these teams on the fringe. And plus, we're leaving something else out. You know who's currently not in the playoffs right now? The Pelicans. You know who plays for the Pelicans? Zion Williamson, who a lot of people believe Lonzo is going to be the future of the NBA. A lot of people believe that. Oh, they want you think the NBA is going to sit back with an opportunity, potentially get him in a pool to play for a play-in game for the playoffs? You don't think they're going to try to make that work, knowing that he would pull ratings? Oh, absolutely. It's a star-driven league. You know who else is in the playoffs right now? Sacramento Kings. You don't think they want De'Aaron Fox in there? That's my guy. <laughs> well, Gat's going to pull some crickets ah. to play in the background. <laughs> By the way, don't hate, um, man. You know, I was going to see if Eddie wanted to let us know where he's at this week. I believe he's at a stadium. Is Woj with you? or He is not currently here. He was here earlier today. Where are you at, Eddie? I am at Chesapeake Arena. Okay. Nice. Do you have anything out there? I think I said this earlier, but do you have anything that you can tell us that would Chesapeake my interest? Uh, hmm. That was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't bad. Was pretty good, but... Wasn't ready for it. <laughs> yeah, was didn't not, like it. Now you're playing the second time around, so I just want to throw that out. I think it was sharper this time. The delivery was the much was more. Much un- <laughs> it wasn't as organic. Was waiting for this it wasn't it was as like, organic, but it was there. It it, it, it hit. Was, it was a lot smoother. I'll give you that. <laughs> but no, there's nothing electrifying here. Okay, fair enough. Well, they haven't they haven't electrifying since LeBron mopped the floor with them hey. in the finals. We're gonna leave that. We're gonna leave this segment right here, right, here. because of the fact <laughs> that I think we're I think we're all just ready for sports to get back. I think yeah. we're all at that place. NBA, I think the NBA is. Really, I think 
I don't know what's going to happen. Just to answer everybody's question, I know people have been asking me, well, how do you think the NBA is coming back? I don't know. I know they're coming back, and July 31st is more than likely going to be the date, according to Adam Silver. So that really excites me. I think it's kind of drug out. I, I think they could come back a little bit earlier, but I do understand that they need to be uh, precautious about everything. They need to make sure they have everything in line before they make that jump because that's going to be a massive jump. They're yeah. probably going to be the first league to, to really be in full swing motion. I think baseball is going to probably be back in early July, but we know. have no idea what's going on with baseball right now. Yeah. They're just a complete shit show. So more than likely, the NBA is going to be the one that really pioneers the comeback. And I think that Adam Silver, knowing as smart as of a guy as he is and as calculated as he is, he's going to make sure that the league-wide is not only as happy as possible with the return, but they're going to be as ready as possible with the return league-wide. So I'm fully on board with the way the NBA is going about this. It excited me to no end, especially with the announcement coming before the show so we can touch on it. I'm really excited about the idea of the NBA giving some incentive to these teams that, like I said, that were on the fringe uh, of potentially being a playoff team. I think that only makes things better. And for the people that like parity, I think it's a great thing for you guys too because you guys want to see these teams that are unexpected to do something that they've never done before because this is something that has never happened before in the NBA with a pseudo play-in type of scenario. I think it's great. I think it's awesome because you see it in soccer, you see it in baseball. I think it's awesome. I'm all for it, and I just cannot wait for July because that is going to be the month that I think things start to really get to be normal again for us sports fans. So um, that's where we're going to leave that. Like I said, guys, when we get back, we're going to get to the Eddie Hour. We're going to get some thoughts from Eddie. going to get some questions from him, and I cannot wait to touch on the topics that we're going to go on, and uh, we'll go from there. So we'll get back to that after this. KC Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at KC Hemp Co. As for segment number three, I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the KCPN studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What's good? Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself, Eddie Ortiz. Gats here with us. She's been uh, multitasking all night. We appreciate her. Uh, she has no comment. She's pleading the fifth right now. But we do appreciate all the, all the things that she does for us as well. Uh, real quick before we get to the Eddie Hour. Uh, if you guys are not involved with KCPN, Kansas City Podcast Network, uh, po- net- network-wide, I highly recommend you guys get involved. We have a ton of content providers, original content from Mad Marlin, Run Your Mouth KC, to Gutter, gutter Sluts, to Life's Okay, to the uh, Fake Nid Minutes, uh, clear, uh, Clearing Waivers. I mean, guys, we have a ton of content providers. And it's not all just sports. We got all different walks of life talking about all different walks of life. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd really appreciate it, guys. And I know they would as well. So, Eddie, take it away, man. It's all you. First question, we're going to go back to the NBA. Um, I want to hear your thoughts as a fan and and also your thoughts as in, like, what do you think is going to happen, like, not being a fan? You know, like, what do you think is actually going to happen? So, my first question is, should the NBA go straight to playoffs uh, or play out the remainder of the season? Or do you expect, like uh, we were talking about earlier, like a little little playoff bracket to, to see who makes it into that playoff? Yeah, if, if, it was my, if it was my choice, 
Uh, originally, I had been bouncing back and forth. Like I, At first, when I first heard about them coming back in July, I was like, all right, hopefully they can get a lot of the regular season in because of the playoff intensity that is going to have to be played. And as sloppy as these guys are going to be playing, it probably wouldn't work out well if they went right to the playoffs. And then I went right to the playoffs. I was bouncing back and forth because I saw the the the, the angle you could play for both. I, I think it has to be right down the middle, like we just left the last segment off on. I think they have to play something that gets guys not only in rhythm, but it gives some of these teams that were that were inching closer and closer to getting to the playoffs to really have something to fight for. You know, like I said, again, considering TV contracts and things of that nature, all the money aside, on the competitive side of things, the NBA would be really robbing themselves of an opportunity here because we all know most regular seasons, by this time, we already know what's up, and we kind of almost lose interest of those teams at the 9, 10, 11 seed area. Mm-hmm. Now, it gives the NBA all this much more juice to work off of because we'll be paying attention even more so yeah. if 20 to 22 teams make it into this little scenario they're building. I think this is genius, and it could be very well a blessing in disguise because this could change the infrastructure of playoff seeding and playoff uh, 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 berths that the, that the NBA does from here on out. So I'm all for that. I'm right down the middle. Don't play the rest of the 1920 game schedule of the regular season but don't go straight to the playoffs get this guy get these guys in rhythm and give these fringe teams something to play for yeah i mean i'm right there with you i think i think it's better to to have at least like 15 to 20 regular season games left to play play those out let the players get back into their rhythm i don't care if it's the hornets and pacers that's gonna be prime time tv you know everybody's gonna be starved for that so i um, and i think you know like you said it only profits uh, in a positive way for the NBA because the TV deals, the TVs, like I said, the views are going to be out the roof. Uh, like it doesn't matter who's playing, the, the ratings are going to be crazy. Uh, ask the UFC; they've been having a crazy amount of ratings just from you know them putting out product without fans. Um, but yeah, I think it's best to uh, jumping right into the playoffs would just uh, for me because jumping right into an intense situation like that, I feel would cause so much tension for the players, leading to more injuries. Um, I just, from a mental, just thinking, put myself in an athlete's state of mind, mentally, you just don't, you don't throw yourself into that without having something to kind of like get you some rhythm and lead into that. That's, that just doesn't seem right to and me that or would, fair to the athlete. And, and to jump into that real quick, that would, yeah. that would almost guarantee a Lakers Bucks finals. Yeah. Because you got to think, these teams that would be fighting with the Lakers and Bucks. Yeah would not be sharp and they're already inferior teams. Right. So the talent would, would be even more of a relevance or, so, or so you have to, yeah, or it could open up. I mean, or it could open a door for a, some smaller team like the Blazers to catch, you know, one of the like Clippers or Lakers. I'm not saying that would Maybe happen. So. I'm just saying, but like sometimes, you know, certain team has a rhythm before the other team has the rhythm and momentum is a bitch, man. Momentum is almost everything in sports. Yeah. Um, so if say one team catches fire, especially in basketball, if you're in that, you know, anybody who's plays basketball and you're in that zone as a team and you feel like you can't miss or you ever, everything's just flowing, right? That's, a teeny team can catch anybody. Yeah, right. They get hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, in well, soccer too, we've yeah. seen it numerous times. Well, I, I want to ask. I want to actually flip it on you real quick, Eddie. In regards to this actual topic, there has been a question. I don't know if this was going to be a follow up question or not for you, but you're a, you're you're our soccer guy, yes. and soccer does something very famous where they have pools mm. and they have playoffs within the playoffs, basically it, yeah. where the teams face each other off. And then they, whoever makes it out of that pool plays the next team out of the other pool. Correct. If I'm not mistaken, point is 
the NBA has been suggesting an, a new style, basically, of playoffs where they would do something like that. Yeah. Um, I have my thoughts on it, but I, I, I think your thoughts are a little bit more relevant because you understand that stuff better. Would you like, because I know you've talked about before how you don't think it would work in the NBA. The open conference but, tournament. But what are your thoughts on that idea with the NBA? Yeah. I, mean, I would, because I remember this conversation. We were talking about how they would open like a, a different league inside the league. It's kind of like a different tournament into in, into the NBA season. Yeah. We were talking about that, how soccer does multiple tournaments throughout the season, uh, not just one one single season. So you have multiple trophies to play for. Uh, and, and, and at first I wasn't, like, agreeing with it because it's kind of like, how are you going to do, like, you know, like, it, like I don't I don't see it in NBA because, like, here in the United States it's, like, kind of hard to see different teams or, like, different leagues within a league, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like... Kind of like I don't see it here. I see it more in in, in like outside of the U.S. Because the U.S. Does, does I for some reason don't like that. MLS does it, but it's still kind of like choppy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's still not a little messy. Of, yeah, it's still not perfect. They don't have like a, a relegation system, uh, so it, it's still kind of like you know in the kind of iffy parts. So, but like I've, I've been thinking about it, and you know, like it. it it's a good idea, I think, because yeah. we'll give more teams a, a like a like you were talking about the Damian Lillard, the mm-hmm. how, like they would have the incentive to to actually want to play because they'll they'll actually probably make the playoffs, you know. And we've seen Damian Lillard do that against OKC. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we've seen him shut them. Yeah, yeah. We, we've seen it. Yep, it's we've clutch. <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to it. Okay. How, how do you feel about the, the just the, the playoff scenario that they're they're possibly talking about doing? I think it's probably just for this season, but with, with the open uh, conference one through sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you guys feel about that though? Because I actually I want that See, for all sports. So, so I don't so, like divisions. So, so, yeah. so soccer does that. They go through what the I know Mexico does. One that allows the opportunity for most stars to be in the playoffs. Yeah, so outside yeah. of the U.S., mm. every soccer league, every league has. Just one comp, like one one league. Yeah, they don't have conference. They don't have like Eastern Western. They don't have none of that. I think it's more competitive that way. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you're actually making you're you're getting the best out of the best. Yeah. Let's say the top sixteen teams make it to the playoffs. You're talking could be fifteen West teams and one East team. You know, mm-hmm. but you're getting the best teams into this playoffs. Right. So you're gonna get the best best of basketball. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like football. You'll have a, a twelve and four pages when they when they are eleven and five pages when constantly being a one seed twenty eleven division yeah. shit miss, or two thousand eight yeah, when they missed the playoffs yeah yeah uh, Tom Brady uh, had the ACL mm-hmm. injury mm-hmm. Matt Castle five missing in uh, a fucking playoffs yeah like divisions divisions were originally set up just for scheduling purposes and I think I think we're past that at this point yeah. of so, you know sports so. And, and so it would increase the competition. Mm. It would make the competition a lot more entertaining. Yeah. More so, interesting. Yes. So I, I'm all for that. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm all there for that. Yeah. Well, th- this is this is how I feel about it. And, and, and this is... I see benefits and, and defactors on both sides. For me, with the pooling system, I feel... Because in the NBA in particular, NBA is a star-driven league. And parity isn't something that people truly want. I know they say that, but not with the NBA. Everybody loves stars and yeah. rings, you know, and racking up. People watch the Warriors. People watch the, you know, LeBron go to eight straight. People watch the Bulls of the 90s. That's what drives the NBA. 
with the pooling system, I think it makes it harder for dynasties to emerge because you're facing better teams earlier on. So, so I don't, I don't think the NBA would ever be with it. And what I, as a fan, enjoy it, yeah, because I think you're getting better basketball more consistently in the playoff scenario. Having said that, I just don't see any way the NBA would agree to that, knowing that they've made their money and they have a reputation like they do the way that they have for so long. I don't see them changing their ways just that dramatically. But I could very well see a 1-16 through seed because that actually makes a lot of sense because your dynasties can still be just as great. And you're like Trevor just said, you're getting more stars in the playoffs because there are stars on every team in the NBA. And you're getting... The best 16 teams in the playoffs, not just the guys that won their division or whatever the case is. Same with the NFL. I hate, I'm with you. Like, I hate the fact that, and I'm talking about the Patriots for a second. They won 11 games in 2008 and missed the playoffs. That should never happen. That's why I was so happy about the seven additional, the one extra additional playoff team because that gives another good team an opportunity just because they happen to be on a really good division and the other guy that won eight games won their division. That's bullshit. They should make the playoffs over a team who won 10 plus teams, 10 plus games. I think they should get rid of conference in in the NBA just for the simple fact that like, it would increase competition. It, it, it would make it so much entertaining. It, it would make, more, like, me, like, I like the NBA, but I don't watch every game. I, like, I'm not, if I flick it to the channels and there's an NBA game game on, I'll probably watch 15, 20 minutes. Sure. But then it's just constantly the same thing, you know, like, one team just outdoing the other and stuff like that. Even See, that's like, how I feel about college football, actually. Even, even, <laughs> in, the, even in the playoffs, yeah. you see it. You know, like, we know who's going to win. Yeah. We know who's going to get dominated. Because possibly maybe the other team doesn't have a, a, a star in their team, and possibly in, a star on uh, on the other conference didn't make the the playoffs because obviously there's much better talent out there. You know, so it, it would increase talent, it would increase competition, it would it would just make make it so much better if they make it one through sixteen in the NBA. I agree. I agree. All right, let's keep let's move along, All man. Right, what we got? So, so my next questions are gonna be UFC, UFC related. My first is, I don't know if you've, you've uh, saw the news, but I think it was yesterday or a couple of days ago, it was announced that Conor McGregor had accepted a fight with Anderson Silva. I want to get your thoughts on that. Look, man, uh, this seems to be one of those fights. When I first heard it, I, I, I had to check and double check to make sure this wasn't some fake news from some bullshit you know, website. No, it's true. Um, I'm... I'm I Look, Silva's in his forties now, and <laughs> he's almost in his 50s. yeah, like he, he's he's had traumatic leg injuries. Um, he looked he looked okay against Israel. He looked okay against him. It, it, McGregor would McGregor at this point would just mop the floor with them. Yeah, I think that at this point it's just a money grab with name recognition and brand recognition. I think that's what it really is. And and if the UFC is this desperate. Especially now that we know that John Bones Jones just asked to be released from his contract to the UFC, if this is the path they're going, I mean, this is basically this is basically in, in a lot of ways going backwards because this is how it was in the '90s with the UFC. You had a lot of like cockfighting, basically, where it was these just ridiculous matchups. If, if it was for them to like money grab, I think the best money grab for the UFC right now would have been McGregor fighting against Diaz on a third fight to to find the. Settle that, you know, because I think they they went one and one. Yeah. Yes, they did. So it'll it'll like behoove the the UFC to 
go out there and get this third fight and actually settle a winner for... It would make more sense also from a competitive standpoint. Because Diaz is clearly a better fighter now than Spider is at this current time. So, yeah, and there's bad blood between them, too. So, I agree with you. It's always entertaining. Those two fights, they were entertaining. Yes, they were. Leading up to the fights, the press conferences, every time they were always talking shit to each other. With Anderson Silva and uh, Conor McGregor, I don't, I'm, I'm not seeing that, that, that drive that, you know, that I'm a beat your ass kind of thing. It's more of a respect kind of. Oh, thing. clearly, because Anderson is at one time the greatest UFC exactly. fighter of all time. Exactly. You know, so I just, I'm not happy about it. Yeah, because one of them is in his 40s, the other one's in his early 30s. We know Anderson Silva's went through some. Horrible leg injuries on back-to-back fights, actually. Yeah, and I I don't see it. I would have preferred uh, McGregor going against uh, uh, the guy that uh, just won. Uh, Gaethje. Yes. Gaethje. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I would have preferred that I, so much more than. And I think deep down in his competitive core, I think McGregor would rather be fighting that guy as well. I think there is a plan, though, and, and I think we talked about this even back when Cerrone and McGregor had fought. Um, I think that there's a warm-up of sorts going on with McGregor. He had missed some serious time with the UFC, and you know, with the Floyd Mayweather fight and all those other things, I have a, I have a sense that what he's doing right now is getting some money grabs, You know, beat the shit out of Cerrone, who we all knew he wasn't going to stand a chance against McGregor at this time of his career, and then Anderson Silva being this name... It's a warm-up for McGregor to get another big fight. Do you think Anderson Silva is still that name like now in his career? Let me put it like this. Is, is he the fighter he once was? Not even close, but here's the thing. The name Spider Silva is going to get people to buy the pay-per-views because they want to see him either fail horribly or get this traumatic win, and it builds his legacy even further. It's all about brand recognition. It's a mogul status. Silva is a, is a mogul. He will forever be on the Mount Rushmore of UFC. Similar to Chuck Liddell, and Chuck Liddell was still getting his ass whipped later in his career, but he would have big fights. He would still sell pay-per-views. The pay-per-views were yes. always sound. That's what it's at at this point. Man. And I think on McGregor's side, still being in his prime and getting back into the rhythm of the UFC, they're giving him a couple of these, I hate to sound disrespectful to Spider because I love Spider Silva. At this point, yeah. He's, they're giving him some warm-up fights, basically, yeah. while still making money. Because uh, you get those guys in the same octagon, people are going to watch. We're going to watch. Hell yeah, I'm going to watch that. It would have been much better for them to... Like to add that and, and you know what? You could be that could that, that but would that shock you if that comes next? I hope I it does. I, I really hope it does. But like, by I've that time those fights were by, so good. Yeah, by man. that time though, McGregor has two fights and back into his UFC rhythm. So he'd be more prepared for date. Imagine him going to Nate Diaz the first fight back after a year and a half gone. But Nate Diaz has been out for what? Yeah. For a little bit over a year now. Yeah. But he's he's closer to his prime than Silva is, is my point. He's closer to his prime than even Cerrone is. Sitting back and smoking the guy. So so he would be a better matchup. For McGregor than Cerrone even, or Silva. Even, uh, not Nate Diaz, but Nick Diaz could have, could have been a good opponent for McGregor. He's been out for, what, three years now? Yeah. So, exactly. yeah. It would have been a, it would have made He just sense. doesn't have the cachet because he's not even the most famous Diaz brother. No. That's the problem. Uh, yeah. He was, but. It's been ten years since yeah. he was the more famous one. You know what I mean? But, yeah, that's that's where I stand on it right now, man. So. Uh, yeah, I just think there were better opponents than Anderson Silva. No disrespect to, sure. to, to Spider, but I think there was better opponents there is better opponents and i don't know if they're trying to build up to the khabib fight or i, I don't know but for mcgregor's sake i hope he never fights khabib again stop it i, I look if he fights khabib again khabib's gonna beat his ass again no. 
Khabib is the greatest martial mixed martial artist fighter I've ever seen in my life. He's insane. He has never lost a round in his career. McGregor uh, is great. No, he literally never has. He's never lost a round in his entire career. The point is, McGregor was absolutely embarrassed by Khabib. It wasn't even a fight. That was an embarrassment. And he I, ended up getting I, his ass beat by his guys. Like, that was unacceptable, obviously. Khabib is at another level than McGregor. McGregor is more fun, and he is a great fighter. Then there's Khabib. It's different. I think, I it's think, different. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Until that it. dude loses a round, I'm not I picking anybody so to beat him. Gaethje can it. go and get his, too. As someone who's been on the UFC 249 official uh, podcast, there we go. Throw that out there real quick. Oh. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but it's absolutely heated, and I'm so into it right now. <laughs> <laughs> to, to catch you up, because like I said, I know you've been multitasking. To catch you up, um, Eddie just basically pitched the idea or asked the question about the newly announced McGregor versus Spider Silva fight. And I just gave my thoughts. I think it's a brand recognition side of things for Silva to get another big money grab for Silva and for McGregor while also simultaneously warming McGregor up for his next big fight. That's why he fought Donald Cerrone coming back after a year and a half, two years from being out of the UFC. Then he fights a big time name who's in his 40s now who McGregor's all but guaranteed to beat him. And then he's going to get his big fight next with whether it's Diaz, whether it's Khabib, whether it's Gaethje, whoever he fights next, he's going to be more prepared because that'll be his third fight back into the UFC. That's where I stood on it. We're going to stay in the uh, UFC with this topic. This this actually came out today. You, yeah. you made it uh, known this uh, before the podcast. What are your thoughts on the on the John Bone Jones? Uh, Look, man, at, at this point, I, and Trevor and I have – I don't want to speak for Trevor. He'll, he'll give you his thoughts. Is it the cocaine talking or is it – I don't know what it's what's talking, but you know what I, I do want – you know who I want to stop talking is John Bones Jones. I love him as a bo- as a fighter, as an MMA fighter. I think he is the greatest fighter in UFC history, in my personal opinion. As far as dominance. He, yeah. No one has ever dominated their weight class and has been as incredible. His only loss was a disqualification to see he poked somebody in the eye. Yeah. That's his only loss of his career. Having said that, I'm at peace now with Bones Jones being gone. I, I'm tired of the of the car issue. I'm tired of the gun issue. I'm tired of the drug issues. He's I'm tired a, of him headache, talking man. shit on Dana White yeah. and then asking for you know another fight. Dana has been more. I, I don't. I like or agree with a lot of things Dana White does or says. Yeah. But one thing Dana has done is given Bones Jones several opportunities over the last five six years, and he has squandered almost each and every one of them. If we never see Bones Jones in the UFC octagon again, I'm okay with it. It sucks because he's only in his early 30s. He's got years left in him and his body to fight. Yeah. I'm over it. I'm done. I love John Bones Jones, but he is the, also simultaneously, although he might be the greatest UFC fighter of all time, he might also simultaneously be the most the biggest waste of talent in UFC history too, because he could be so much greater and establish so many more victories victories in his career than he has right now and it's just very sad and disgusting to watch this whole thing though feels it reeks of some kind of publicity stunt in a way not necessarily that it is but it feels that way it feels like he's trying to i know he was trying to get maybe a new another title fighter or whatever he was trying to get more attention honestly i don't really know what's going on through that guy's head i love him uh he's one of my favorite athletes in this past decade i loved watching the guy fight uh, outside of GSP, he was my guy, my go-to guy to watch every time. Him, McGregor, and GSP were the three I would always make sure to watch. Um, but the guy's been nothing but a headache for the last five years. Like it's, if it's not him, run-ins with the police, with a firearm, with narcotics, it's now he's threatening the you know the owner of the whole entire league. It just it's nonsense. I, it feels like a publicity stunt. Not necessarily that he needs one <laughs> any more publicity in his life. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of a build-up to something that they're going to use as a ploy to 
have some kind of big pay-per-view God, I hope match. you're right. I, I, it feels that way. I'm just so tired of this, and man. And it's smart right now with, every, with, with everything that's going on right now. Um, and the UFC's already doing really well. That'd be genius. That I'm just saying. That'd be it, genius. And we got to give this dude credit. Trevor got to get a ton it of credit feels, if that's it how it feels goes. Like a, it feels like a ploy. I hope it is, <sighs> just for his sake, because I love him, and I want to see him compete for more fights and, and you know, and titles and defend the titles. Because his last fight was so shitty, I, I was so turned off. I was like, like I told you, this last time we talked about John Jones, I was like, man, I'm this close to pulling my fandom card on him. Because that fight was his shit. He yeah, was, he just he survived there. It. He was in there just to duck and dodge and, and make sure he gets the W and leave it up to the judges. Yeah. And that's bullshit. And that's not how he's fought in his entire career. You know, so, yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm on the verge, too, of just completely, like, disowning the guy. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at right now, and I hope he gets his shit together, man. Right. Oh. Well, we're going we're gonna to stay on the subject of fighting. This is my last question. Uh, I want to hear your thoughts on... Uh, no, no, that Mike Tyson returning. Mm. Uh, I, I believe he's fighting at uh, Holyfield again. Uh, that, that's a rumor. That's but a rumor, but it's a strong rumor. He got a contract to do that bare knuckle fight. Yeah, so $20 million. Dollars. $20 million, yeah. This past Wednesday, he appeared live on AEW, which is a wrestling mm. against, uh, wrestling thing against Chris. He's Jerko, making his rounds. Yeah. Against Chris Jericho. So he's coming <laughs> back. He's slowly coming back. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. Mike Tyson returning to his yeah. old fighting way. Listen, I, I'm going to say this right now. This is not a shtick. This is not a. I don't think this is a publicity stunt. No. I think Mike Tyson. If you look, look at him in tw- in 2009 when he yeah. was 43 or 42, and then look at him now at 54, he's a huge different human. He was he's he was 260 right pounds yeah. and he was chubby as hell. You remember in the Hangover? He was chubby oh, in that he movie. Was coked out. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was partying, doing yeah. his thing, right? This dude is a chiseled masterpiece at this point. This dude looks like a freaking test tube baby specimen. Keep it like, pants. it's crazy what he... He looks like he turned the clock back to 1991. It's scary, man. And I he think... He still has that speed. I've seen training videos. He oh, has look, that I'm not going to be the guy... Eyes, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to sit here and do one or both things. Doubt Mike Tyson and over stock what he's doing right now because i also have to take consideration his age is still a factor so i'm not gonna say he's gonna go 12 rounds with some world champion at the same time i'm not gonna doubt the fact he can go in there and knock a motherfucker out because he definitely could still do that with that with those hands those hands yeah, have not knuckle, gone anywhere bare knuckle with mike tice bare knuckle 18 ounces whatever you got on that dude you, he's you dropping gotta be somebody. a madman to go bare knuckle you, with mike tice you if he goes butter bean on somebody and just beats him in the first round you're not beating mike tyson because he also can elude I, and i'm telling you that i I'm not doubting him. I'm just not. And Holyfield don't want none of that shit. I get Holyfield dominate him back then. Domin- I guarantee you Holyfield hasn't been training like Mike Tyson has. Yeah, as a, as a <laughs> so, diehard Iron Mike fan, I love him to death. I just, I'm just i trying to understand the motivation behind this. Money. Why, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, is this just it comes down to just being a money grab? If, I mean, if that's the case, then, you know, I'm not going to judge him. If he needs money, shit. I would take $20 million to go bare-knuckle fight somebody, especially if I'm one of the greatest to ever but, do it. But wouldn't you agree that I think that it, it, it's a little bit of both? Like, you know he's still got the itch to fight. Sure. That, that doesn't leave guys, right? Yeah. That are fighters. It, it's innate, well, it, right? Supposedly it did for a while. It's embedded. It's embedded. I'm for just saying him. it's embedded yeah. in them to be a fighter is what I'm saying. So that along with somebody offering you $20 million to come back into the ring, who's, who's saying no to that? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Twenty million. And he's fighting dollars. a nobody too, which is great. He's, a, he's fighting. He, he's fighting a nobody to make twenty million dollars, I and mean, he's going to go mop up somebody for Can twenty you million. Motherfucker, before you do that, <laughs> you can't just drop a Mike Tyson slur. You know, you can't do that impersonation. Yeah, is there anybody laughing in Chesapeake right now? Is like some like janders back here. Oh, that was good. No, no, no. Yeah, nothing yet. Okay. Either way, I'll say this. Either way. I, 
whatever he does, I'm watching it. Yeah. Uh, Period. Uh, well, I yeah, will be watching it. Who's at AW this Wednesday? I don't know what that whole situation is gonna turn out to be. Uh, I know when there was one WrestleMania when he had that feud with Chris Jericho, mm. uh, and Chris Jericho obviously is with AW. Right. And they had that feud again this past Wednesday. Pretty much. Didn't he drop uh, Shawn Michaels in like ninety seven? It's like nineteen ninety seven. I want to say like mid nineties. He dro- he punched uh, Shawn Michaels in the face in the middle of the uh, ring. Was, uh, I think it was Chris, Jer- Chris Jericho. Was that Chris Jericho yeah. back then? So he's yeah. just been getting two piece by Mike Tyson for years now. Shit. And then Floyd Mayweather did that to uh, the Big Show. Oh, That's yeah. right. Yeah. He, he really punched him. Yeah. He, he really clocked his, him. Yeah, he really and he still couldn't knock anybody out. All right. So uh, is that, yeah, it? that this is one little tidbit? I don't think you guys ever ever heard the story of. Like my favorite Mike Tyson story uh, has to be when he used to be neighbors with Wayne Newton, um, and I used to work with Wayne Newton out in Las Vegas. I'm sorry, it's uh, not unusual, Wayne Newton. Uh, it's not unusual that to be Tom love. Jones. What okay, but didn't Wayne Newton you? make the song, or they both no, reenacted think, it? Or I think they both reenacted. Are they the same some, person? No. <laughs> you don't know who Mister Las Vegas yeah, is? Yeah, he's Vegas in a vacation. Vegas vacation. He gives yeah, with a little yeah, lock of hair. Yeah. Was it him that originally? Okay. Okay. Yes, fair enough. But fair I, enough. I appreciate the. <laughs> he does. He does. The, he does the Donka. The Donka Shane. The Donka Shane song too. Donka Shane. That's yeah. it. Oh uh, that's yeah. The only yeah, like, okay. German words I know. It's cool. Yeah. But uh, Mike Tyson <laughs> had a really big infatuation with horse breeding because mm-hmm. Wayne Newton had a bunch of Arabian horses on his property, which is how I. Oh, bestiality. Yeah. Um, he wanted to come over and the watch kid. the horses breed, <laughs> so he would bring oh, his Jesus. entire family. Climb over, not climb over, but go around the little like Casa <laughs> de Shenandoah back up to his property, and he would come and tailgate the horse breeding. What they, he didn't really understand is that horses take about thirty seconds tops, and he so Eddie and them have like, someone come. <laughs> <laughs> Three pumps. I knew that it was going to go to someone. I wasn't sure if you were going to go with Trev or Eddie. I don't know. Two pumps and a quiver. yourself, but I, I don't I've know been there. you would do that. Plead the fifth on that one. I've been there. I've been know, there. It's okay. Mike I don't talk to the next. Love that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's fucked, literally. <laughs> Holy that's shit. fucked. That is fucked. Literally. I like that. It's weird as hell. He's a bizarre man. So, like, I can't imagine what he's doing to mentally train for this. I'm yeah. just sure it's bizarre as hell. I, I did hear a story real quick. I I don't know if this is true or not, but I did hear a Mike, a Mike Tyson story. So, in the early 90s, uh, Brad Pitt was uh, getting you know his stardom up. And supposedly, while Mike was in prison... Uh, uh, Brad Pitt was sleeping with Mike Tyson's ex, and I guess she was staying in a house that Mike Mistake. Tyson still owned. Yeah. And then Mike Tyson walked in the house one night, and Brad Pitt was in the bed. And Brad Pitt said he's never shit his pants harder in his life than we saw Mike story. Tyson sitting in the room, walk in the room, and see him with his old lady. But Mike Tyson <laughs> didn't kill Brad Pitt, so yay a listers, I guess, man. Because yeah, right, could be a clone, yeah. <laughs> Like Dave Chappelle and Eminem, supposedly. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. save that for another podcast. Life's okay. We'll touch on that one, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, no, I appreciate it, Eddie. Uh, as always, man, we appreciate all the questions. And uh, follow Eddie on Twitter, at Eddie the Spoken. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Or block him, either one. <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a quick break, guys. When we get back, we're talking Chiefs. We're talking Patrick Mahomes. There are a lot of comparisons out there right now between him and one other quarterback in the NFL, and he's actually in the AFC as well. Former MVP. I'm sure you heard of him before, Lamar Jackson. I'm going to talk to you guys about that, about why I actually think that could be a good thing for Patrick Mahomes looking forward into this next year and for years to come. And we're also going to touch on his contract extension, the inevitable contract extension. What is going to be happening in this offseason, guys? Is it going to happen or is it not? We'll get back to that after this.
Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast, and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. Your children. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back on the Spunkin' Podcast, uh, segment number four. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell, What's good? Eddie Ortiz, and Miss Gat in the background. And no, I did not take my kids river dancing last night. That's a very weird thing to do. In fact, I don't even have children. I've never river danced, but I might try it. Who knows? 2021's been fun so far, and we're about halfway through. So, what do I say? God, I'm already looking for next year. This is time, bad. Try, time traveling, son of a bitch. Right. Back to the future. <laughs> 121 gigawatts, bro. How does 2020 end, Lance? <laughs> right. Tell me, please. Don't want to know. Shit. I'm afraid to tell you I'm guys. I'm not counting anything out of this but point, man. I just feel like this. Someone else will be sitting in that chair with Eddie in Chesapeake. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, guys, we're going to talk some Chiefs real quick, and I hope you guys are excited about this. Uh, interesting developments. Um, during the offseason, obviously, writers need to write something to get reaction out of people to get clicks because there's not a lot going on in the football side of things for several months during the summer year or summer season. I found it interesting, though, that Bleacher Report came out this last week with a basically a vote who you got. And seven of their writers came out and voted who they would rather have as their quarterback straight up. Not talking rosters, nothing like that. Just who would you rather have as your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? And Mahomes won the the majority with four votes out of the seven, but Lamar Jackson still got three. As you would expect, a lot of people, especially in the Kansas City region, was baffled by this. And let's be real here for a second. I, I look at the, the, the Mahomes-Lamar comparison a lot like I do with, uh, and we'll bring it up real quick, the LeBron and MJ debate. And how I do that is it isn't about what MJ can't do. It's what LeBron can do better. That's the way I look at Lamar and Mahomes. Lamar is incredible. He's an incredible talent. He's an incredible athlete. And in a lot of ways, he's an incredible quarterback. He's got a long way to improve, though, in certain areas. But that isn't what makes him less in, less uh, or an inferior to Mahomes. It's what Patrick Mahomes can do, and Mahomes can do it at a higher level that just basically, I hate to say it, d- detours from anything that Lamar can do in, in totality. Furthermore, if we are going to be a little critical on the Lamar side of things, we've seen how different he is from regular season to postseason. He was the MVP of the regular season and has a career 68 quarterback rating with three touchdowns and three interceptions in the playoffs, just in two games. I understand from a writer's standpoint why they had to do this. I don't know these writers. I'm sure they believe what they say. I'll give them the the benefit of the doubt. But I do believe there's a little bit of a jabbing here where they want to get people to clamor about what they're voting on. Because I don't think anybody in their right mind is going to pick Lamar Jackson to start their franchise over Patrick Mahomes at this time. I just think that's absolutely absurd because it isn't just about Lamar Jackson. It's about any quarterback in the NFL. And there are other better quarterbacks than Lamar Jackson than Patrick Mahomes. But the reason why I like this, if I'm going to be honest for a second, as to why I like comparisons like this and I like it being so close, Mm. is because I know that like every other athlete out there, Patrick Mahomes pays attention to this stuff. And that excites the fuck out of me as a Chiefs fan. 
that edge. Because he's watching this shit. And he's thinking, and I'm sure him and Lamar are cool. I'm sure there's no bad blood between him and Lamar or anything like. There's no threat of, or yeah, but 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 I I believe I believe I believe that Patrick sees that and goes, okay, I guess I'm gonna have to reestablish my dominance now. Yeah, and it's and and that's a good thing to have as a competitor because you always like Trevor just said you want that edge you want something because at this point Patrick Mahomes is sitting on top of the mountain. He just he's won an MVP in his first full season as a quarterback, Super Bowl MVP. and won a Super Bowl MVP the next season. He has a ring coming his way in uh, September this year. He's sitting pretty, whereas Lamar Jackson is the one that's coming after him, along with Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and all these other quarterbacks. They're going after Mahomes. He's the guy now. So in a lot of ways, Mahomes can kind of just sit back and get almost complacent. I'm not saying he's going to, but it would make sense if he did. So I think that there is a, a almost a counterproductive way of going about it as a writer if you're trying to make a point to saying Lamar's the better player because I actually think you're giving ammunition to the quarterback who already truly is the better quarterback. Trevor, what were your thoughts on this whole thing in its totality? Did you read it for what it really was, or do you see it a little bit deeper like I did? I read. I mean, I read it. Uh, I, I enjoy, like you said, I enjoy the parody. I enjoy the 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 the, the competition between the two of them. But the main problem I had with the whole even article or argument or you know, the choosing between the two is that they're comparing Lamar Jackson's potential to what Patrick Mahomes already is. Patrick Mahomes is already the best quarterback in the league. Everyone knows that. And even the people that picked Lamar Jackson knows that he's the, the better quarterback. Because what is the quarterback's prime objective? Throwing the football. I'm not taking away Lamar Jackson's ability with his legs. But if we're going to talk about what Lamar Jackson does best, it's not throwing the football. So his best skill is not the primary skill that a quarterback needs. On the other hand, who's the best arm talent in the league? That would be Patrick Mahomes. So Patrick Mahomes is already best at what quarterbacks are primary objective, what they're supposed to do, right? So Patrick Mahomes already has the one up on him. Everyone knows Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. That's my, that was my biggest problem with the whole article and the idea of the, 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 the debate between the two because they both are already two of the youngest MVPs to ever play in the, in the league. Um, but as far as longevity reasons, as far as like choosing who you want for you know future of your of your of your franchise, I, I mean, we've seen guys like not necessarily to the elite talent and skill set of Lamar Jackson as far as leg ability and his ability to. I'm not saying he can't improve as a passer, but we've seen guys like him, prototypes like him, like Mike Vicks and and uh, uh, um, you know other guys that have you know very mobile quarterbacks you know have short lived careers because they depend on that too much and i think that could very well happen to lamar i don't think it will because i think he is skilled enough to develop um, the the a better passing skill set but we don't know if he will but we already know who who does have that and that's patrick mahomes and you want to talk about we're, we're talking about one guy on one hand that needs to develop a be, to be a better passer and then the other guy, on the other hand, is already the best passer in the league and is still learning the game. He, he talked about just this past season how he was still picking up plays and still picking up how to read defenses. This past, and he won the Super Bowl when he was still trying to pick up defenses. So for Mahomes, he already has all of the abilities, and we know he can run the football too because his, maybe his biggest play of his career was a run in the playoffs. 
Actually, it, it is. That was his biggest play of his career. That what that thirty five. How how long a run that was that? With almost a sixty it was, yard. No, it was like 26, 27 almost yards. About, yeah, 30, yeah, almost a thirty yard run. Now probably the biggest, most clutch play of his career. So it felt far. like an hour long. I mean, it was yeah, slow motion. It was man. A light jog to the end zone. Um, I needed a cigarette after that. But one. yeah, I'll tell you that. So, right I mean, now. so with Mahomes, you're, all you're dealing with is him just learning the game more as he ages. And we've all seen quarterbacks do that as they've aged. Most of the best quarterbacks constantly get better with upstairs. And that's all Patrick Mahomes is depending on now. He's got everything you need as far as skill set. Lamar Jackson has to not only learn upstairs, learn how to read defenses, and not depend on his legs just to run it away, and not and, and try to avoid big hits and ending his, risking ending, ending, his, ending his career. Um, but he also has to learn how to throw the ball better. Because yeah, we watched, I mean, not, not like I said, I'm not knocking Lamar. He's one of the best in the in the, in the game right now. But a lot of those plays that he had that were wide open guys, he just threw into the ocean because everyone's so worried about his legs. But one def- once defenses catch onto that, and they learn how to play him, not saying that that's an easy task because you can say the same thing about Mahomes. But Mahomes has a lot more in his arsenal, his repertoire to beat you in many different ways, and I think that's what Lamar uh, Jackson is lacking. I mean, said you were talking about MJ LeBron kind of situation, kind of comparison between Lamar and uh, two totally different uh, players. Yeah, two totally different players. Yeah, but they're they are in the same era. They are with it. They they are their own competition. Both on great teams. Exactly. Yeah. But but I honestly think that if, if we're talking about talent, I mean, just there's just no no question, but there's no doubt. There shouldn't be any doubt. Mm. Uh, just the individual player alone, it, it, like. Patrick Mahomes just like beats out Lamar Jackson like it ain't nothing. Mm. Lamar Jackson depends so much on his legs compared to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Trevor touched on the on the passing issues that that Lamar has had. You talked talked about the playoffs mm. and, and stuff like that. That just adds to like the the negatives of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and, and that should that should give you a lot a lot of reason as to why. Patrick Mahomes, it's obviously the better player. Yeah, you can have all the you can have all the exactly. skills in the world, but if you can't get it done in the big games, exactly. And then I think if you want to talk about comparisons, I think uh, a better, I guess you could say, comparison would be Deshaun Watson and Mahomes. Yeah, I think that competition between them two is. I mean, how great is it to have all these young guys exactly. that are going to be you know combating each other exactly. for years? But I, but I think. Deshaun Watson is closer to Patrick Mahomes than Lamar Jackson is to Patrick Mahomes. I think Deshaun Watson's a better overall quarterback. If I'm going, uh, that might get some pushback on that, but I think Deshaun Watson is the more skilled quarterback as far as overall. But that's not the debate. It's the debate is between the two MVPs already. In, in their in their playoff careers, just just to give some context for this this argument, um, Lamar Jackson in his two playoff games has is uh, completing fifty one percent of his passes, five hundred fifty nine total passing yards, which is two hundred eighty yards a game. Three total touchdowns, all three of them are passing, which is weird seeing he's a running run first type of quarterback to this point. Yeah. Three interceptions, 68 quarterback rating. Mahomes, okay, five playoff <laughs> games, 63% completion percentage, 1,474 yards, which is 295 yards per game. Madness. 16 total touchdowns, 13 of those are passing. Only two interceptions with a 107 quarterback rating. Oh, and a Super Bowl MVP. Forgot about that part. There is no comparison Three here. Three comeback victories. Look, like I said, I think this is. I think this is a uh, both Bleach Report trying to get some ratings because they know yeah. people think it's ridiculous. It's, it's yeah, fun. It's, the, 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 yeah, it's a fun. Debate. It is. Yeah. Because it, you, you can. You, I mean, you can argue both sides, but we all know 
Who, who right, and I, and I, I think, think it's more similar to Bird and Magic, if I'm being honest, because they're both in the same time, they're both in the same era, they're both two of the sure. top dogs yeah. at, the, at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that's fair. So I think that and that that feud that that built between because there's a documentary. But on, I think I that one's even closer than this one, though, as far as the comparisons of the two individual great. I, I get yeah, what yeah. you're saying. No, I, I get the MJ LeBron thing, but I feel like yeah. Bird yeah. Magic is more yeah. of a you know because they're both champs. Oh, not not both champs, but they both have Lamar definitely has an opportunity to be a champ in the same era as Mahomes. Yeah. You know, I. And, and, and I think they're trying to build this whole Mahomes versus Jackson because Tom Brady's all, almost out of the picture. Yeah. So they need to pick a, pick up on a new rivalry. Like, well, there's already, yeah. And there's already a, a Peyton yeah. versus Brady. Yes. See, that, that yeah. rivalry in a lot of ways almost ruined football as far as like rivalries are concerned because before that you didn't have quarterbacks versus quarterbacks when it came to rivalries. Mm. You didn't really have that in the NFL. It was team versus team. You go back to Joe Montana. I, yeah. He didn't have rivals. Right. Go back to John Elway. He division. didn't have rivals. Yeah. Like those those guys didn't have rivals. It was Brady and Manning. Like to Trevor's point, you had these two greats at the same exact time. They're two of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Both in the AFC. The media, of course, is going to take it and run with that. And I get why they did it. But now they're looking for that next that next chapter. Exactly. It's just not there. Mahomes doesn't have a rival. Yeah. He's not there. The closest quarterback to him, talent wise, is either Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. And those guys aren't his Russell rivals. Russell Wentz healthy. I think it's a yeah. I think it's a three headed uh, uh, rivalry. I think because Deshaun's already beat Deshaun Mahomes. Won, there is. If Deshaun wants to, wants to win a Super Bowl, yeah. you can actually have that conversation. He needs to leave Texas. Better. Yeah, he needs. He needs to leave the Texas. I I, I will never entertain that thought. I, and I'm the biggest Deshaun Watson fan there is. Deshaun Watson's not close to Patrick Mahomes as a player. He's not. Because of the fact, you, you look at it. Skip Bayless just got done praising Deshaun Watson as the most clutch player in the in, in 2019. Yeah. The same quarterback that gave up a 24-0 lead and then scored one touchdown for the rest of the game. We did everything we could in our power to give him that win, every, and he still lost. Deshaun Watson had every opportunity in the world to win a playoff yeah. game and didn't do it, and it ironically was against who? Patrick Mahomes and, and, had four touchdowns and, in the second quarter. And we don't know how Deshaun's mentally going to bounce back from that. Now that he's with, not only did he have that embarrassing loss against us, now he's without his number one weapon. I don't want to downplay mentally. Mentally, I mean, I'm, he has the fortitude. We've seen him do it yes. in the biggest stage in college, right? And he's what had, he did he against the Bills in the playoffs. I was say, he's had big comeback victories, which was absolutely amazing. Down. It was yeah. an amazing comeback. He has the fortitude, but when you lose like that in the big stage against a quarterback who's your rival, considered your rival. And you got to come back from that mentally, and now you're without your number one guy. That's we'll see how his career and the trajectory. You see, you see the difference between. I, I'll, and he's stuck we'll in the Texans. Like we'll move on from this point after this, but yeah. you see it even instinctually between the two, where Deshaun has been known for what holding onto the ball too damn long, whereas yeah. Patrick Mahomes has been Injuries. known to throw guys throw his guys open, break out of the pocket when he needs to, watch the ref to see if there's a penalty. Okay, I'm I'm jetting for it. Yeah, there's a lot more of an awareness on Patrick's side, and that wasn't. The case coming out of college for both of them. No one thought that that Patrick would be the more aware quarterback, but he is. And I think coaching has played a part of that because Andy Reid is a significantly yeah. better co- or coach situation than, is, like, than Butchin. Do you think if, if uh, Deshaun wasn't had a better uh, better coach? Situation in general. Do you think he would be much better than what he is now? Oh, there's no question. If, if, if the, Let's say the Chiefs would have taken Deshaun at number 10. Deshaun Watson would have probably been won an MVP by now. I don't know if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. I still think we could have won a Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson. They could have. I'm not going to sit here and say they wouldn't because when you have a a top 10 quarterback in the league, you've got a chance to win a Super Bowl every single year because of just your quarterback alone. But 
I don't think the Chiefs would have been as dynamic, and I don't think that you would be seeing the Chiefs as respected as they are if they didn't have Patrick Mahomes as opposed to having Deshaun Watson. Again, Deshaun would have 30 touchdowns a year in this offense. But so what about five other quarterbacks? So that's the point, is that Patrick Mahomes is just different transcendent-wise, talent-wise, awareness-wise. He just has that it factor that other quarterbacks, besides maybe Russell Wilson and prime Aaron Rodgers, that I've ever seen have. So you're saying you're picking, Lamar, you're picking Patrick Mahomes over Lamar Jackson? I think saying? I'm going to go ahead okay. and just take Patrick Mahomes over Lamar, yeah. But I do want to move I want to move to another part of this uh, conversation because I did mention the contract. Probably not. No, that's probably not going to happen. And if you watched DeAndre Hopkins' face when Jalen Jacoby showed yesterday, he was giving it away. Who knows where he's? We'll we'll definitely talk about that when that day comes. But um, on on the on the Mahomes side of things, when it comes to when it comes to his contract, um, we all know it's inevitable. We all know that Patrick Mahomes is going to have a contract that we've never seen before, potentially in sports. Uh, I, I'm not talking about the total of dollars. I'm talking about how it's going to be structured. Mm. Mike Trout's contract probably will never be over outdone, at least not in a long time. So I'm not talking about the total. I'm talking about how the Chiefs plan on paying Patrick on an annual basis. There's a lot of theories, a lot of speculation as to how it's all going to go down. <coughs> but the point remains, and I want to clarify something with you guys real quick. And I'm going to give you guys two assurances. It will happen this offseason. And the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes are in no way, shape, or form in a hurry to make it happen. I know that sounds weird because I just basically contradicted myself. But the fact is, is that on the, on the second point, the Chiefs know they have Patrick for at least another two years, and then they could franchise tag him for a third if they really wanted to. That's going to cost them a fuck ton of money for a one-year rental. That's why that's not going to happen. But they know that they have time on their side with another two years of Patrick Mahomes, essentially on the cheap with only making $24 million in 2021 after they picked up that fifth-year option. On Patrick's side, it makes all the sense in the world for Patrick to continue to wait because the Chiefs are, not, are going nowhere other than probably to another Super Bowl or two. Which means his price value is only going to skyrocket even further. There is another assurance I do want to give you guys as well. Patrick Mahomes and his representation, the Chiefs brass, are not waiting on any other quarterback contract situation. You think for a second they're waiting to see what happens with Dak Prescott or Deshaun Watson? They don't give two shits about what those guys do because they know no matter what happens with those contracts, they're going to have to pay Patrick Mahomes more money than those guys could dream of ever getting. So let me just assure you guys on all three of those things real quick. Dak might get the most. As I said, (laughs) do not worry about Dak or Deshaun Watson or any other quarterback right now that's going to be coming up for a contract extension because Patrick Mahomes is going to obliterate those totals. And Chiefs fans, I hope you understand that this is not going to be something that you need to worry about negatively as far as the cap is concerned, as far as the team building is concerned. We've already talked about these things. So let's stick right to this, guys. We know that Patrick Mahomes is going to get his contract sooner rather than later. I want to ask you guys a, a question. Are you in any way, shape, or formed, shape or form, more on the side of because there's no way in hell he's ever taken a team friendly deal? That would be ridiculous, and it's never going to happen. No reason to. Yeah. Would you guys be on the side though that you would like to see Patrick Mahomes' contract be structured in a way that he starts to make money more on the side of getting money out of the salary cap, where they give him a percentage, or would you like to see them give him 150, 200 million guaranteed and just structure it like a normal contract? Hmm. Trevor, we'll start with you. That's interesting. Because um, there is a reason why I'm asking this yeah, question. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the pros and cons for, for both. Um, 
I think if I was him, I think I would just go the guaranteed route. Because we've seen just like, you know, there's unexp- I'm not saying there's going to be a pandemic in the next few years that's going to affect the salary cap again or what, however, um, any situation where how, that the salary cap goes down or goes up. I would probably, if I was him, I would take my probably the guaranteed money, the $200 million or so, however much he gets um, for, what, a handful of years. I think that's the route I would go just because I think it's, I think security is key for a contract, especially the, as a quarterback. Um, for me, I want him to take whatever deal is makes the the team as flexible. I know you just said he's not going to take a f- team friendly deal, and I don't expect him to. But whatever gives the team with him getting paid this similar amount and giving also giving the Chiefs franchise front office the flexibility to find a way to keep Chris Jones, that's the route I would go. And I think that's what Mahomes would want as well. I think he, Mahomes is just a. a, a I think the front office and, and, and the relationship with the front office and, and, and Patrick Mahomes' team is so good. I think that they're willing to figure out some way to for him to get his, because he's going to get his regardless, and find a way for Chris Jones to get his as well. Because I think that's what's going on behind the scenes. I think that's what the Chiefs want, obviously. Obviously, that comes. there's going to be issues with Chris Jones' camp. I'm not trying to turn this into a Chris Jones thing, but I'm trying to think of the best way to keep those both, both of those guys at the same time. And I think Mahomes taking the guaranteed money would give – or maybe not. Maybe the other way around. I don't know. I'm not really a math guy, so I think that depending on how the salary cap is based each season, I know it's going to go up and down. It's going to you know fl- uh, fluctuate. Uh, for me, if I was Patrick Holmes and I wanted to do me, I think the guaranteed route is the best way to go for him as an individual. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with Trevor on that. I mean, if 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 I'm looking at it as a player, like I, I'm the player, I'm, I want to make the most money I can mm. to, before anything happens. God forbid there's a uh, season, uh, career-ending injury that Patrick Mahomes suffers, you know? Look at Alex Smith, man. <laughs> exactly. You want to yeah. get that guaranteed money. Alex yeah. Smith took an $80 million guaranteed or some shit like that. It's ridiculous, yeah. So he was <clears throat> set. So you, as a player, I think you want to take the most guaranteed out of that because you don't know how many – or you don't know if you're going to have that season-ending injury, that career-ending injury. You don't know. So, yeah. yeah he's already had a scare. Yeah. yeah. He, yeah, he already got a scare. Yeah, so. you never know, man. I, I'm gonna go with the guaranteed route. I'm, yep. that, that's that's where I'm where I'm headed to. Look, the the point in this is that there is no wrong yeah. answer. Um, There's pros for and cons me, of both. I, I'm I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a one of one Patrick Mahomes, and if I'm looking at the tra- the trajectory of not only my career but the NFL during my career, and knowing how the salary caps are going to continue to go up, yeah, I'm not taking anything that's going to be solidified. And I know that sounds crazy from your guys' perspective because you said you want to go with the guaranteed. Here's the thing I can guarantee you is that Patrick Mahomes healthy is going to continue to dominate this league the way he has and will continue to dominate this league. So if I'm Patrick Mahomes with all the leverage that I have, knowing good and well that the Chiefs will do anything and everything to, to keep me happy, I'm going to request that I take no less than 20% of the cap on an annual basis. And here's why. Because twenty percent of two hundred million dollars is what? No, seriously, I need to know. I don't know. It's I think it's around what forty million dollars. You're asking the wrong so guy. It's four, it's, so that would that would be more than that'd be five million more than Russell Wilson makes right now. Yeah. Well, Russell now, Wilson has a deal like that, right? Doesn't he? Have s- similar to right. that. Yeah, similar to he that. Gets a percentage of the. He gets team. a percentage yeah. of it. So he Mahomes wouldn't be the first to do this, right? But 
he could put himself in a position to where he says, I'm making more of a percentage of my of my team's annual cap structure than any player in the league. Yeah. And that is incentive because what that does, that sets a mark for the next guys where they can say, all right, in 10, 15 years when the next Patrick Mahomes comes around, that guy's going to get 25%. See, they're not getting these contracts just for themselves. They're doing this for their fellow man. Right. They're doing this for the next guy and the next guy and the next guy because they're looking out for quarterbacks at market value, just like a pass rusher, just like a running back, just like a wide receiver, and just like a tight end. You want to set a mark for the next guys because you want the next guy to get more money than you. That's just how it goes. So you can go and get your $150 million guaranteed. You can go get your 175 guaranteed, and he's going to be just fine. But if I'm Patrick Mahomes in this unique situation that I am in, like many, like Lewis Riddick has called it himself, the most important contract in NFL history, there's a reason for that more than just the structure of dollars and cents. It's the um, the the way he's getting paid on an annual basis that makes this so unique. I think if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm asking for no less than 20% of the annual cap cap space from the team every single year. And the beautiful thing about that is there are loopholes that would be included in that where the Chiefs could maybe use a little bit more of their money and, and, and send it off on the signing bonus where it doesn't hit so much on the cap hit as much. And the heavy. roster bonuses and the incentive bonuses and all these other things that you could throw that money into to where he's not killing your cap every single year like a guaranteed contract would in the normal infrastructure of contracts that these quarterbacks have gotten. So that way there isn't this excuse anymore of, well, he he's ruined the team. We can't build around him because he's making so much money. Right. If the money continues to extrapolate and it continues to climb, he won't be killing the team if he's making a percentage of it as opposed to guaranteed he's getting a 19.5 million cap hit this year. There's nothing we can do about it unless he restructures. And you're not doing that. So if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm taking that route, and I'm taking it proudly, and I think that's the best route for him to go. I, I mean, you guys, if you have any additional thoughts on that, that's where I stand, and that's where I think it should go for Patrick. Again, I'm not no damn agent here, and I'm sure shit not Patrick Mahomes, yeah. but I think that's the most sensible course of action for him in this particular situation because we have never seen a situation like this for a player, not just a quarterback, a player in the history of this league. And I think he needs to set the precedent for the next guys. That's yeah. where I that's where I leave it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you're putting your faith in the in the cap continually going up every year, but which it's there's a trend of track record of it doing that. So I mean, yeah, it only I mean both sides that you can't really either one. It's a win. He's going to get fat pay. Right. Like well, I said, I, there's no wrong or right. He's still going to be a generationally wealthy man. His kids' children's children are going to be filthy rich. It's just how he wants to go about it. Right. So that's that's where yeah. it's at. So we'll leave it there. We'd love to hear from you guys how you guys think you would want that, that contract to go about, what you think would be best for the team, what you think would be best for Patrick. We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on that as well. In fact, we want to hear about you guys, hear from you guys so badly that we're about to go to the Monday mailbag. So when we get back, guys, we're going to get your thoughts, your questions, your debates, your discussions, your topics, whatever you guys have for us, we're about to discuss it. We'll get back to that after this. For real, because who ain't got no feelings? Feelings. Check it out now. Located in the historic Westport District, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. 
Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for second number five. I am your host, Lance Twiddle, here inside the KCPN studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell, What's good? Eddie Ortiz, and the one and only Miss Gat. How are we doing tonight, Gat? Are you uh, still with us? I guess so. Like, I guess I'm here, even though I'm really bad at audio, and I'm never going to let this go. So We, we appreciate it. We've actually had some people uh, chime in uh, this last week and told me that they would like it if you had yourself a, a voice here and there in a few segments. So I'm just letting you know. I might chime in tonight. You might have to chime in. We'll, it, s- we'll just see where the questions are tonight. Fair enough. I, some things I just can't. Comment just some on. heavy breathing in the background or something. <laughs> something. You know, throw you. some Barry White you. on or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're we're here at the Monday Mailbag guys. Every single week, what we do is we post on the on the on the spoken group on Facebook. If you have not been on there, join us, guys. We'd love to have you guys contribute, and uh, we give you the platform. We give you the opportunity to basically run the show for an entire segment. You ask the questions, we give you our best responses possible, and we go back and forth from there. So, Eddie, what is in the Monday Mailbag this week, my man? All right, man. First question from the good old Donnie Cat. Donnie it says. Kind of touched it, touched up on this a little bit, but let's see. What are your guys' thoughts on the possibility of the NBA coming back in a 16-team playoff format? And I looked at one of the potential brackets, and it looks like a, and it would be a cakewalk for the Lakers, in my opinion. Well, the 16 game, because t- t- we we did touch on most of that, but the the, the Lakers part of it in particular. Okay. The 16 seed situation would make things a lot easier for the Lakers. If they go with the 8 and 8 still, where it's still the Western versus the Eastern Conference in the finals, then I think it would be a little bit more tougher for the Lakers. I, I still think the Lakers are going to win the finals, and I, I'm sticking with that. I'm very confident they're going to still win, um, regardless of what the structure is of the playoff seeding. But yes, I, I do agree. I think it would be an essential cakewalk for the Lakers. And. I have I have a really hard time still, even with it making sense to go with the one through sixteen seed thing. I still have a hard time believing the NBA is going to make such a dramatic change with the season that's already going to have the asterisks next to it for them to further that notion and make even more changes to the way a f- uh, the future champion ends up winning the championship. I think for this year they're going to keep it as plain and as normal as possible once basketball gets back. And they're going to make it to where it's still the Western Conference, Eastern Conference for this year. But after this year, do not be shocked if they get themselves a 1-16 through 16 or a pool type of system like, like a lot of soccer leagues do. But in the meantime, I think that, that they're going to make the Lakers earn it through getting through the West, which I actually do want selfishly as, as a, a guy that wants to see LeBron get through the Western Conference. So there is no bullshit, couldn't win in the West kind of conversation if he gets to face the fucking Sixers in the first round. Right. I want to see him face Western Conference teams, get through the West, and then we can hear the next goalpost be moved. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think they're going to keep it to the traditional playoff structure this year. Um, I do like that that sixteen the one through sixteen setup. I've wanted that for a long time in almost on all sports. I love the the open bracket setup. Um, I think that'd be cool to see Adam Silver push for the future of the NBA. I think it'd make it more exciting um, and just do away with divisions almost overall and just let the most talented teams, most competitive teams, make it. Depending on doesn't matter what division you're in or you know taking advantage of a, the the weaker division or so on. Um, but yeah, I think this year. Uh, they keep it traditional, and I think they keep the the East and the West comp- competing with each other. And I think it's going to be Bucks Lakers, and that's what I had from the beginning of this the season. So I'm excited, man. All right, good 
question. All right, uh, next question from Donnie Couch as well. Okay. One last question. If you were going to make a brand new expansion NBA team for Kansas City, and each and each of you owned a piece of it, what would each of you try to name the team? That's a fun question. That's a really good question. Mm. I like that a lot. Uh, how about the winners? Because even if we lose, we we fucking we're the fucking winners. So I'm, that's, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I, it, it better be something better than the fucking Pelicans, man, or the Thunder. The Blades. Like, I, I remember when I remember when Nick Wright was still in Kansas City on six ten. They made the announcement of the Thunder being the name for the Oklahoma City team. He shit on that for like all five segments that day. It was hilarious. I don't want a bad name, but I have a bad feeling that if and when we get a team in Kansas City, it's going to be some like the fucking Brigade again or something like that. Don't don't put that out there. Do not do that. The knights or the something. The metal arts or some shit. Yeah, I, just, I have no idea. I, I I've always just wanted the kings back, but that's never gonna happen because I have a brand new stadium. How about the now. princes? You know, they, the prodigal princes. The, the princes. We could bring the royal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. The lords. The emperors. Yeah. Kansas City Emperor. Oh, and 82. We're badass, man. No, hey, actually, Donnie, I want to hear yours. Let's, I'm sure he's yeah. got an answer. So, Donnie, if you got a name, throw it out there. If anybody's listening, you got a name, throw it. I don't know. Like, I, I just want a damn NBA team yeah, in the Kansas spot, City. Yeah, on the spot, I can't think of a name. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, look, I, I've been a sports fan my entire life. I've never been to an NBA game. You best believe I'm getting season ticks the, city of the day that we get an NBA team. It's got to happen. Kansas City <laughs> there we go. The Sprinklers. How about yeah. that? You know what I'm saying? We Just always hosing our opponents we always down. You know wet. what I mean? The Westports. <laughs> West All right, Eddie's been blocked. We keep it. We keep no it more, wet. No more horrible <laughs> fucking suggestions from Chesapeake over there. <laughs> Chesapeake booing over here. I think KD has stepped into the Chesa bitch. <laughs> has he? Has he announced that he's uh, joining the uh, the Nationals? You know, because they just won the World Series last year. I didn't know if he was going to join another championship team. <laughs> No, because I mean he's probably getting bored in Brooklyn, you know, with a team that's not going to win the title anytime soon. So I didn't know if he, you know, had another, you know, uh, Players Tribune come out and have another logo on his chest. At me, Katie. At me. He ruined America's birthday, and I was just really upset because I had a third of July party like the day before because no one could come to the actual Fourth of July. So I had a third of July party, and I wake up like naked and alone, and I'm like. Katie fucking left the thunder. I mean, I'll never forget. Unbelievable. You know what you should do? You should hit up his uh, main burner account. It's uh, J Roxbury six seven four five four three seven. That is that is one of his best burner accounts. I've been following him for about a month. Lit. I'm just letting you know. Hit him up because he will he will definitely hit you back and tell him LeBron's the goat. I'm sure he'll love that mm. one too. Paul Pierce too. Mm. All right. Uh, last question. Uh, we had three questions today. Uh, last question comes from uh, Billy Hodge. Aww. Don't blush, Eddie. That's your guy. That's your bud. That's your bud. Butt buds. <laughs> you know it. Right. Who, do you, who do you see getting cut by the Chiefs? Okay. You know what, man? What? <sighs> That's, That's actually not crazy. No. I don't think... It should be a running back. I, I got too many. I, our guy Ken Swanson Rarrow had probably suggested the Chiefs try to trade Damian Williams. It's yeah. not the worst idea. He was it's damn not, near an MVP of the it, Super Bowl. It's I mean. not the worst idea just because of the fact of how, how many running backs they have and the fact that DeAndre Washington is expected to play a significant role this year. Where does that leave Damian Williams? But right, and whatever That's not we even, get, yeah. whatever we get in return for for Damian Williams, which would be next to nothing for what we got for, from for what we got him for. 
That's you know, he not was a third string running back in Miami. I we picked this, him up for pennies. Like I made this argument with it Kent. It only makes sense. I made that argument with Kent. He broke it down with the money side of things. Yeah. The Chiefs can get a few million dollars back in guaranteed dollars or uh, and, and cap money that they can use for other things. Look, I, I'm all for Damian Williams being on this team. I don't think he's going to get cut. Yeah. Um, if I was to go off of a name that people recognize that could get cut this year, I think it would probably be Byron Pringle. Just because of the fact that I definitely expect, because Byron Pringle played a pretty significant role in the Colts game, even though that, that Colts game was complete ass. He led the team in receptions that game. Um, so he's had moments in time. I think all those receptions and all those snaps are going to go to McCole Hardman and Demarcus Robinson. They're not going to bring back Demarcus Robinson just to cut him. I think he's going to make this team as well. The team loves him and he's good enough to be on this team. So I think Byron Pringle would probably be a name that would come up to mind. Um, honestly, Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams probably won't, yeah he probably won't be on this team regardless. I'm talking about more like notable guys. He's it, just as notable, I think, as Byron Pringle though. And that's fair. That, that's fair. I, I, I yeah. He was, yeah. I mean, I think Byron Pringle would see the field more. I think more. He, yeah, he played more on. I think the Byron Pringle now that Ceh is in town, I think that I Byron Pringle would see the, the field more often uh, than even Daryl Williams. Yeah. Garrett Dieter is Patrick Mahomes' butt. He's his clipboard. Yeah, he's the clipboard. There is no way in the world that guy, and if he does get cut, which I think he got cut last year, he's going to make the practice squad, and he's going to be with the Chiefs. If he still. needs a halftime tuggy, you know that's he's his there. butt. I'm telling. Yeah. That's the, you know what Billy Hodges to you, Eddie. That's what Garrett Dieter <laughs> is to Patrick Mahomes. Just letting you know. So yeah, you know that's like Trevor to creatine. It's the same thing. I'm just Shit. letting you know that the, you got, sometimes everyone's got a bud, and that's his bud. You got a bud and Billy Hodge, Billy Bud Hodge, Billy Bud Hodge, and I think he's. The one that asked the question actually, which is ironic. So yeah, it, it, honestly, I don't think there's going to be a lot of name like big time names that are going to get cut this year. There shouldn't be. Yeah, there's just there's really not. I think it, yeah, that the the riskiest side of it all, it's going to be Damon Williams or a Byron Pringle or to Trevor's point, a Daryl Williams. I think we're keeping all the running backs. I, I I personally do. I think we're keeping all the running backs. I think they made it pretty clear that they want to get a lot of different guys involved. There's not going to be one dominant back. I don't think because all of our running backs are similar guys outside of Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams is probably the biggest, heaviest set guy and the short yardage pounder kind of guy. But if any of the running backs were to go, I think it'd be Darrell Williams, just because he's he's not the prototypical Randy Reed running back. But I mean, he's shown when he get, he's given opportunities, especially the goal line. I think he's, I don't know, I really don't. I don't think we're going to get rid of any. I think we're going to try to keep as much offensive depth as possible. So I think Byron Pringle's safe because he's he's shown out in big games in that in that Colts game last year. He had a great game. We should have won that game. But anyways, I I just I think Byron Pringle's kind of one of those guys that they like having around. I don't think he's gone. But I mean, if Damon Williams gets cut. It would suck for him because he's she's done nothing but show out. But it, it wouldn't surprise me. But I don't really think I have one particular guy that I think is going to get cut, honestly. I can't yeah. really put my I'm not expecting any, like, surprise cuts. I, I mean, don't think there's any noteworthy players be gone. Yeah. A bunch of bodies are going to be getting cut this year. I'd be, I'd be shocked if the Chiefs decide to part ways with a guy that they can contribute. I mean, what's what's been the narrative since this offseason, since we won the Super Bowls? Keep the group together. Run it back. And I think they want to do that as much as possible. Keep the, the, the glue guys together. You know, for that locker room, we've you know we've all won together. Let's do it again. I think that continuity is important, and I think that's the plan. So, thank you guys so much. We appreciate all the regulars. But hey, man, all the new guys out there, all the new ladies out there, you guys feel free to chime in, man. That's what it's all about. We'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to get some get some topics from you. I mean, there's there's still plenty to talk about. Even though, like I said, it's been on a standstill for over eight weeks now. We're, we're still talking, guys, so feel free to give us what you got every single week, and we'll be posting that on Monday, every Monday, in the Monday Mailbag. Guys, what time is it again? Hold this L!
it's time to hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man. Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man. You are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this hell. Yes. Hold this L. It is time to give out some L's. We do this every single week. It's so easy to hand out an L in the world of sports because people are just practically asking for that shit. So we decided to take it upon ourselves for the last 66 weeks. We've been having a ton of fun giving out L's. Trevor, who is holding the L this week? Well, uh, Chargers fans are going to be holding the L for me this week. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the quote. I, I, I was dying laughing when I read it. I know. I think you posted in the group. Yeah. This shit was hilarious. Man. I thought, was it yesterday? Or was it this? That was that was today. That was, that was today. today. Yeah, it was that today. Was today. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, Chargers fans, it's still funny. Yeah, if they're already left, uh, Doug Gottlieb. That's yeah. about it. Terod Taylor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hold, uh, what was the question? I think Melvin Gordon was asked pretty much his pers- <laughs> What would it be like to play without fans no, like, uh, moving I forward? We're using audible, no- yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, pretty much the question was coming down to what would it be like to play without fans, but without with the with the crowd noise being implemented into the games without af- having actual fans there. And he said he's been he's already been practicing and preparing, pretty much used to not having fans as it is. So he's, I mean, he said it jokingly, but that was such a savage. You know, there was true jab, man, and the, yeah, and the fact that he's still within division, you know, and he's he's in Denver and he's and he's saying that about that. That's just so savage. Um, and and that, the Chargers fans know it. Because there's so many Chargers fans that Chargers I know. Chargers fan know it. Yeah, the one Charger fan Charger out there. Chargers fan know it. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I, I I thought it was hilarious, but I also felt bad at the same time because I've been there. We've had really low moments as Chiefs fans. Granted, I'm not comparing Chiefs fans and the and the loyalty to the Chiefs compared to the Chargers fans with the Chargers because we've seen their home games and they they've been home games for all the visitor teams. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so for your for your late star running back to leave your team and then say shit like that. That's brutal, man. That's hard. That's tough to take. Um, if anything, that should just put a fire under your ass for the, that whole franchise over there in LA and the, those fans that actually show some support finally. Um, Cause I think they're building something decent over there, um, but we'll see. Um, but for right now, Chargers fans, you have to do me a big fat favor and hold, hold this, this L. L Eddie Ortiz, Mr. Yo, yo, yo yourself. Who is holding the L this week for you, my friend? Well, who's holding my L this week is going to be the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Uh, you guys are keeping it in the NFL. I like it. Yeah. I mean, was it a couple of days ago? I don't know if it was two, three days ago. Uh, there was a report that came out saying that uh, uh, Clowney uh, had the opportunity to sign the contract he was seeking from a team. Yeah. Because the, the Cleveland Browns were that team that offered him pretty much what he was asking for and he said no 
why would a player say no to the Queen's bounce? Well, I mean... Let's let's think real hard about that one, huh? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's the they're they're so shitty that. How shitty are they, Eddie? <laughs> that they offer this this man the money that he's asking for, and he turns it down. <laughs> and from what we know, they're the only team that offered it. Yeah. Everybody else is lowballing him. Yeah. And the, the Cleveland Browns were the actual team that actually offered. We'll money. take you. Help we us. Granny was like, who? Yeah. <laughs> New phone. <laughs> the, who this? <laughs> the Browns. Uh, you know Baker? Maybe? It's like that annoying friend's talking. You're like, who's talking? Yeah, Shut yeah. the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're out of your fucking element, Donnie. <laughs> so Jadavian. Jadavian, Donnie. <laughs> you're so shitty that not even, not even a player that you're offering what they're asking for wants to join you. That's pathetic. It's so bad. Cleveland Browns are going to have to... Hold this L. I'm about to give uh, whoever your janitor is at Chesapeake an L because of the fact that they didn't mop your head like the court, man. That's a little upsetting there, Eddie. I'm just saying. Clean that shit. I'm actually going to change it up a little bit tonight. Uh, Eddie and Trevor definitely had some really good L's to hand out, but I'm going to actually, for the first time on on the Spoken Podcast history, give out a W. And the reason why is for the exact same reason I started the show off the way that I did. Uh, it was very important to me that I, I got some rather emotional uh, thoughts and, and feelings out, out of me just to explain explain to you guys just how um, upsetting the way things are in our country right now is. And um, I can continue on that if I if I really you know wanted to, but I think I made my point in the first segment in my monologue. But I want to give a W out to the to local um, content providers and reporters uh, for leaning in. And, and being brave and, and essentially putting their necks out on the line and their reputations out on the line and maybe in some instances their jobs on the line because it's not easy to talk about some of these sensitive topics because you know the backlash that's coming because there are so many ignorant people out there that can't see things outside of their own worldview. And it's unfortunate, but that doesn't take away from the fact that things still need to be said. And um, in particular, I, I really want to give a big shout out to BJ Kissel. Uh, the Chiefs reporter, who I admire and respect, and I have respected for many years. And I could not have any more respect than I do right now for that man because of the fact of what he has stated and what he has gone through over these last, I'd say, 24 to 48 hours since he started being vocal about it on social media about where he stands on the matter. And I've read a lot of comments, and I've seen some of the things that he's had to push back on. And it's it's really sad, but at the same time very uplifting because it, it really inspires me to know that people that I aspire to be like are out there and in, in spreading uh, uh, good, positive things and facts. We're all about facts here, man. We love to talk facts when it comes to the sports side of things, even more so on the life side of things because that's actually, at the end of the day, way more important than what we talk about on, an, on a 99.9% basis on the Spoken Podcast. So I, I really just want to give out a W to all of them because you guys you guys won. You guys really, And, and you're going to win because you're going to be on the right side of history. And that's where I want to be. I want to be on the right side of history. I want to be a, a person that supported those that, you know, we're in dire need of it. And it's the least that I feel like we can do is to to use our privilege and use our voices to make a difference. Because like I said in the first segment, I'll say it again, your voice, my voice, our voice is enough. It is enough to make impact. 
And I really appreciate guys like BJ and, and other people in our media platforms that have spoken out and have given uh, knowledge and relayed knowledge and, and have, have shown the support that a lot of people have never really had from people that look like us, if we're just going to be totally candid right now. So thank you guys so much for everything you did. Thank you for everything you continue to do. And um, you're definitely making impact, and that's what we like to do as yeah, well. Use that influence. Use that influence, exactly. So, wow, it's been a fun night. It's been a really good night. I hope you guys had a blast with us. Um, we have a fun time every single time, but each and every episode seems to have their own little special spot, man. So I want to thank you guys again for this. Looking forward to next week for episode 67. But for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, for Gat, and for Clay Windler, I am Lance Twidwell here inside the KCPN studios for episode 66, The Spoken Podcast. We're out of this bitch. Later. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the spoken. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you fifteen percent or more." But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nitzel.